Welcome to the Buck Stops here, the official audio show of NottonHallOfFame.com, and I'm your host, Kirk Buckner, the Buck, the owner and the operator of NottonHallOfFame.com and the sister sites, the fictitious athlete Hall of Fame, the fictitious rock and roll Hall of Fame. It's season one, episode 40, episode 40, my God, of the Hall of Fame show, and we're looking at all sorts of things from the world of Hall of Fame news. Sadly, that involves quite a few deaths. Uh, Some very important people passed away in the past week. Bob Gibson, Hall of Fame pitcher, legend with the St. Louis Cardinals, passed away. Eddie Van Halen, still heartbreaking for me to even say that. One of the greatest guitarists of all time. Frankly, in my opinion, he is the greatest axe man ever to exist. He died. Johnny Nash of I Can See Clearly Now fame died at age 80. And we looked at a few other things here on the show. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has announced some of the presenters. Well, it's not really presenters because it's all virtual. And we looked at really what they're going to do. We're not actually sure how that's going to transpire. All that and a lot more, we even looked at Eastern European drinks that will make you sick. I don't know that they'll make you sick. They'd make me sick. One of them I know did. Without further ado, let's bring in Evan. Evan, how you doing now that the Cubs are out? I'm fine. That's like I said, I'm a Boston sports fan and we didn't even feel the team this year. Um, so everything's going fine with me when it comes to baseball. I thought maybe sort of like we're adopting some cubbish tendencies. No, I am actually going to go buy my son a uh, Cubs hat, which he wants for his birthday, which is coming up later this month. Hmm. Um, but I have, I have, I mean, Red Sox fans and Cubs fans for growing up were basically partners in misery for so long that, um, that it's, you know, it, 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 it's not a big deal to me if I want to fan. I've already lost him to the Bulls, though. The Bulls have a cooler logo for him than the Celtics do. Mm. Uh, so I've already lost him on the Bulls. But I've kept him on the Bruins, and I have a pretty good chance, I think, with the Patriots. So if I get half the, if I get half the teams, I think doing okay. Well, fair enough, so. fair enough. So one of those bets we had, so I guess I'm now only down three because I won that Astros bet in terms of hit-by-pitch. So... The Astros advanced despite that wonderful record, which is, yeah, thank, thanks, Major League 29 Baseball. and 31. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and everybody, was, everybody was concerned that the uh, the hockey playoffs are going to be diluted. Oof. Yeah, so true. The hockey playoffs at least had the correct champion. Like, the, there's no, uh, when the uh, uh, Lightning beat my Bruins, mm-hmm. I told you we, we, that was a much better team. We were a winger short. I thought the demon had a really good chance to win the whole thing, and they went out and did it. Mm-hmm. Like I, even after all the craziness in the hockey playoffs, the correct team won. I think it's a legitimate shot a sub five hundred team is going to win the World Series for the first time ever. Uh, it's, yeah, very true. And I guess my question here is like right now, as we're recording this, the Yankees are up against the Tampa Bay Rays. Maybe they'll win Game Four. Maybe they won't. So will this be the first time if the Yankees go on to win Game 5, if, presuming they win Game 4, will this be the first time the Yankees are going up against a team and they're not the evil empire? Yeah, someone actually asked on Twitter the other day if oh, no? okay. these Astros in the, uh, in the uh, ALCS you ring for, and I responded to him, the, the, American, uh, the National League. <laughs> um, but uh, no, he said, but you have to choose between the two teams. I'm a Red Sox fan. I'm an arch... I'm an arch hater of the Yankees. I'd rather see the Yankees win and get to the World Series Astros. 
That's kind of what I thought you'd say because you're certainly a man of principle. Uh, all right, so then what would be the worst scenario that all of a sudden Ryan Braun's now allowed to play for Houston? <laughs> <laughs> that that might be worst case scenario. Yeah, Ryan Braun, the most despicable human being in, in baseball at the moment, unless there's some murderer or rapist I don't happen to know about yet. But short of that, in Bronx, the worst. Um, and I don't care that whatever Milwaukee says. Milwaukee, I have absolutely nothing against that team or that city. Just Ryan Braun. Um, I just have something against that's Ryan Braun. Yeah, and um, it's been well documented, so we don't have to go why. I think anyone, yeah. any, I think anyone can sort of figure that out if they haven't already. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's the worst case scenario is the Astros winning. Second worst case scenario is the Yankees winning. Um, I'm rooting for, I mean, I think a raised Marlins, I don't think a raised Marlins is going to happen, but a raised Padres World Series would be fantastic. I would love uh, that. Just these two smallest markets. Um, although, but this Padres team is a lot of fun. I really like this team. I do too. Um, and the, and the rate, go ahead, sorry. No, that's it. I just, just agreed. I just said I do too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like the fact they went all in, and I, uh, mm-hmm. I think the Rays. Honestly, like I understand the Marlins have the two championships, but the Rays are almost always competitive. I mean, there are a couple of years they have to take a back with the cycle the team goes through. But that team has been a pain in the butt for essentially twenty years now, and they made one World Series back in '08, but they lost the Phillies. Uh, but then getting the World Series and winning it, I even the older in my division. Uh, I had to be all for that. That that's a team that always tries to compete. If they're down, it's because they're going through another cycle of trying to compete. Mm-hmm. Right? They're not actually like selling the team off like the Marlins have done twice after winning the World Series. Well, and the Marlins just uh, um, made it to the playoffs. So right now, Jeter's thinking, okay, do I need to rebuild now? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, here here's the easiest thing come out of this playoffs. I know we're a little behind on this. Was the Minnesota Twins? Last time the Minnesota Twins won a playoff game, mm-hmm. the Red Sox were still in their 86-year drought. Oh, really? They've been swept every time they've been in the playoffs since? They've lost their last 18 playoff games. Holy shit. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah, which is why the Astros were like, yeah, we made it through. I'm like, you beat a team that can't win the playoffs. <laughs> uh... But yeah, no, they've lost their last 18 playoff games, which is crazy. Most of them have been against the Yankees. Uh, but yeah, they've they're it's, it's not a good record. It's it's a record for all time in sports, actually. No team's ever lost 18 consecutive playoff games. The previous record was actually the Red Sox from the Game Six of the World Series up until uh, the 2003 playoffs. They lost 16 consecutive. Um, but yeah, that's the. Uh, that's a new record. That, that's not good. Well, I guess uh, we'll stick with baseball. Uh, I think we always talk about the beige mistress, and she didn't strike unless something happened in the last few hours. She, I actually went and checked right before this. So something happens during our show. The beige mistress is taking the week off, which only leads to one of my theories. Mm-hmm. She's in the White House and has COVID. <laughs> And for new listeners, the Beige Mistress is someone that we've come up with, Black Widow's uh, lame uh, counterpart, who kills Hungarian Olympic athletes. Because every time we've been doing a show, Evan finds out that a former Hungarian Olympian dies. And we've named her Beige Mistress. Yeah, this is the, this is the first time since, uh, like, August 
No, we haven't had we haven't had a dead Hungarian Olympic athlete. But I think so. we're the, I think we're the new jinx because this is now the second week in a row that after we recorded a show, you send me a message about somebody who just died. Yeah, and I guess yeah, that's where and, we'll start. We're, we're going to talk about this one in another one in a second, but it's entirely possible if you could draft, redraft baseball history, mm-hmm. there are a certain number of people, including me, who would have had this man as my first overall pick. And because when we get to the, the big name in, in music who passed away, mm-hmm. you could probably do that with guitarists. Absolutely. All guitarists in history. And... I mean, he's probably close to 30 to 40% of people's first picks. I would probably still pick Hendrix first, but it, it's not that far off. So, mm-hmm. But anyway, first, first two, uh, Cardinals legend, uh, Bob Gibson. Yeah, it's uh, just like realizing this. This is only like a month after uh, his, form, his uh, teammate, Lou Brock, passed. Yeah. Yeah, Brock it Brock and Gibson and Yeah, it's been it's been tough for Cardinals fans. Uh, one of my good friends in my office is a uh Cardinals fan, really the only one I know and don't despise. Um and uh he's just been real down about the whole thing. It's essentially their two greatest living players. Uh unless you're counting Pujols who's still playing, I guess. Or I guess Ozzie Smith. Uh, uh, passed away within a very short time period. It's uh, it's tough for Cardinals fans. Yeah, and, par- and part of like like the Cardinals were so good in the '60s, uh, just because the Yankees were so good, and so there were so many other good teams that they only won the World Series twice. But it, but I mean, we talk all the time just how hard it is to win that, unless you're the Astros. But <laughs> last a little while. <laughs> Don't, don't remind me. Here, one way, you know what my favorite Bob Gibson statistic is? And there are a lot of them. But Bob Gibson had 251 career wins. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many complete career, ga- career complete games he has? Oh, uh, let's see. 260? 255. Okay, I wasn't far yeah. off. He has, more, he has four more complete games than he has and had wins in his career. Like, old Hoss Radboard is much, like, ex- excited, like the last real pitcher in, his, in, in baseball is joining him up above because that's ridiculous. Can you imagine having more, any pitcher who's pitched more than three games having more complete game wins anymore? No. No, it's that's sort of why I created that middle reliever of the year. You know, if I if I keep doing this, I think ten years from now I almost have to do like a setup 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 player of the year, early middle reliever of the year, because <laughs> it's that's yeah. just where everything is, is is getting specialized. I was actually thinking about this the other day. I, I would imagine that I wonder when Major League Baseball is going to change the rule as to how you can win the ERA title because there's not necessarily that many players anymore. I didn't I didn't look this up. But I should. How many players qualify? Because you have to have at least one inning per game. So 162, 60 for this year. I mean, there's less and less every year. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I even know. So, so I was thinking about. Interesting. Was, do, do, do you think we'll ever see another 300 game winner? No. I don't either. I, I really don't. I, I I don't even know who's. There's no one I can even think of right now who's even that close. I guess Verlander, but now he's going to be out for a good chunk of next year. And he's an old man at this point. 
he is. I, I, I now, I, I've thought for a while, but I'm going to say now, I think the single most unbreakable record in sports is Cy Young's win record. I, uh, I've been doing a lot of stuff with hockey lately. Uh, Gretzky's 92 goals. Oh, that's a really good one too. Yeah, because that, that 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 yeah, and Gretzky's scoring record is ridiculously hard. I mean, Yager, think how long he played, and he never even really got that close. Mm-hmm. Although Ovechkin's uh, has an outside shot to sort of like get the all-time goal list, which in this day and age is incredible if he does it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I, I still though I still think for your career though, I can almost see someone. Somehow, if they change rules or make things a little bit different, catching Gretzky somehow on mm-hmm. some level more than I can ever see anyone coming close to to Sayo. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, it's it's unless they change how you get a win. That's the only way they right. can do that. If they suddenly change that to if you pitch the first four innings, three innings. Yeah, with this whole opener business that they try these days. I was thinking about this before, and I, I'm sort of throwing this at you because, uh, as always, we didn't prepare. <laughs> oh, come on. We have, we, have, we have like two text messages. Come on. <laughs> yeah, so then we did prepare. We were actually overprepared by our standards then. I know. What are we doing? <laughs> I'll, I'll be much lazier next week, I promise. <laughs> so I was thinking if I, was a, if I could sort of like go back to a sports event – and not know what the result was and just sort of like go back and just sort of like forget about what it, what, what it would have been. I'm almost thinking the 1968 World Series with Gibson against McLean mm. with the two MVPs that would actually live up to the hype because that, that went to the full seven games. Gibson was fantastic. McLean struggled. But then who was that? Who, who's the other Tiger who just sort of like came out of nowhere to sort of like do really well? Uh, uh, I'll have to think about that. Yeah, because there was yeah, because there was another one, Lolich. Okay, that's who. Mick, yeah, Mickey Lolich. Yeah, Mickey Lolich. Okay, so like that might have been the only one that I can sort of think of that I would go that I could if I were to go back, just knowing what they'd done up until that series, and it would have lived up. Because there's just so many things. I mean, yeah, we like. I think you and I would just would love to go see the 1980 uh, game, USA USSR. But how many people really thought the US were going to win that leading up? Not too many. I I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I was going to say because the obvious answer is the USA USSR. But if you're talking about something that lived up to the hype for it, right? Yeah, that that, that that's a whole different thing. If no one actually thought the US was going to win that game, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where in retrospect, if because how many people sort of like spend as much money or spend money maybe they don't have to go see something that they think is going to be an ultimate and sometimes it's going to be a fight and it'd be like Tyson knocking somebody out in 30 seconds. Like, okay, well, that was 5,000 down the drain. You know, something like that. But this, the two greatest pitchers, like at that time, I know McLean never became a Hall of Famer, but that whole 31-win season especially, and we just talked about wins, 31 wins at that point was – Wins were what we looked at. If, mm-hmm. if we were looking at that with 1968 eyes, hell, looking at that with even when I was a little kid, I mean, like that's the first thing I ever looked at the back of a baseball card. How many wins did he have? Now it's so secondary. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But yeah, that'd be one thing I would just sort of yeah. like love to go back and just sort of like watch watch that. I was actually trying to find the whole world that whole world series on YouTube, but I couldn't. What is the first stat you now look at when you flip over a baseball card? Presuming you actually see a baseball card, and they have all the stats you'd want on there uh, for a pitcher. Well, it's still technically wins because that's the that's first. But now I look at whip. Yeah, whip is mine too. I was just wondering. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I guess sort of if I'm looking at a baseball stat, yeah, the first thing I, I go to is whip and just and like OPS. And sometimes, like, whip and OPS, those are the two things, like, why the hell didn't anyone come up with that before? Yeah, I don't know. The like, Wade Boggs would be a much more beloved baseball player if they, if they had that before with OPS. <laughs> I mean, Boggs, I just tell you, growing up in Boston, everyone wanted Boggs to swing the bat, and that man was perfectly content to take a walk mm-hmm. and both people nuts. And, but, like, if he played baseball, he was just ahead of his time. Play baseball twenty years later, they'd be like, "Oh my God, he's an he's an OPS god." And anyway, we'd talk. It wouldn't be Kevin Euclid being the Greek god of walks, then Wade Boggs, the drunken chicken eating god of walks. Isn't that on his uh, plaque? It should be. The fact that he allegedly drank twenty six beers on a cross country flight should definitely be on his Hall of Fame plaque. Isn't? I wonder what it really was, because that that is an incredible number. Like that can't be possible. <laughs> Talk about records that will never be broken. One <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I just talk about that sixty-eight season for Gibson? By the way, I yeah, know yeah, I'm just looking and, at it now, actually, uh, too. And everything, please, yeah. But he he somehow went twenty-two and nine. Mm-hmm. They had nine losses. Let me just repeat the rest of his things. He had a one point one two ERA with thirteen shutouts, three and four innings, and a WHIP point eight five three. And lost nine games. That is insane. He had 268 strikeouts, 62 walks, gave up 38 runs, and the 304 innings with 11 homers. But how do you lose nine games, 34 complete games, and somehow lost nine of them? Or sorry, he had 28 complete games and 34 starts. Excuse me. I wonder what his run support was. It had to be minuscule. It had to be awful. Yeah. I gotta go look up the '68 Cardinals now. Can you? Can we isolate that by just his his run support? Because if I remember right, the '68 Cardinals, it's it's not like they didn't have like they had talent like to hit. Although you know Brock's not driving in any runs. Yeah. So you had Tim McCarver, Orlando Cepeda. Um, Lou Brock, Kurt Flug, and Roger Maris is on that team. Um, Julian Javier, or Julian Javier, I don't know. Uh, Dal Maxville, Mike Shannon, and uh, Ed Spezio, whose son made the majors as well. Dick Schofield, a whole bunch of not, not bad players. Uh, Kurt Flood had the highest batting average at 301. Uh, and Orlando Cepeda led in home runs. How many home runs do you think Orlando Cepeda had in 1968, leading home run hitter on this Cardinals team? I guess 24. He had, he had 600 at bats and 16 homers. Oh, Jesus Christ! Well, there, I guess there's our answer. How we got? How they got nine losses? Yeah, 16 homers, 73 RBI. 
our RBI, excuse me, our OBP of 306. So slugging at 78. The highest OPS on the team belonged to Lou Brock at 746. Oh, my God. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, oh, and Ted, I'm sorry, Ted, 18-year-old Ted Simmons was on that team as well. Yeah. So, as well as Steve Carlton. That was a pretty good team. How many Hall of Famers is that? Bob Gibson, Steve Carlton. Ted Simmons. Uh, Lou Brock, Ted Simmons. Orlando, it was Cepeda and I never remember. Yes, yeah. Famous. Um, yeah, that's, that's five Hall of Famers on a 25. It's, that's not so bad. No, it's not bad at all. Hmm. Look at so that. You should, you, should, you should win the World Series to be a five Hall of Famers on your team at one time. <laughs> yeah, look how long it took uh, for the Tigers to get one Hall of Famer in. Not, not including know. the manager. Right. And, yeah, and Kirk Flood is uh, one of those people who keeps coming up as someone who may get in. So. Well, that, that's if they actually do that. Because they, they, they don't worry about the, these Zoom meetings. Yeah, well, I mean, why waste your time in a Zoom meeting when you can debate someone in person? Sorry, we're not going to politics. Oh, um, God. I, yeah, I, I didn't even pick up on that. I, 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 di- I made the mistake of watching that, the vice presidential debate, too. The fly has my vote. There was a fly. I didn't hear anything about it. <laughs> no, no, that, that, that didn't dominate Twitter. That's all people remember. Uh, and I think that's sort of, and right after that, I, I said to my wife, why do I keep watching this when all people are going to remember is like two sound bites and a fly? Yeah. Nothing that's, was that's answered by anybody, but. Well, well the whole thing is going to be uh, forgotten by Saturday anyway. Stuff with a fly. That's true. And Kamala, you didn't take my advice. Stop laughing. Stop no, laughing did, at things that think, aren't funny. I, I did think of the, uh, the, for you when the Republicans left an empty seat for Tupac. <laughs> it's literally the funniest thing the Republicans have done in a long time. So they sit seat for Tupac with his name on it. And, uh, and uh, yeah, left it empty for the debate. So yeah, who do you think who do you think set that up? Because that's not something that a Republican politician could really come up. With. Oh, Crenshaw, maybe Crenshaw. Maybe who knows? But uh, uh, moving on anyway, from the ghost of Tupac, Bob Gibson. Yes. Yes. So R.E.P. Uh, Bob Gibson, uh, greatest Cardinals pitcher ever, I'd say. That's I it. would say yeah. yes. I'd have to think about, you know, maybe there's someone from the early part of the century I'm thinking of. The only one uh, I can one think of is Dizzy Dean. Dean. But, I would, uh, but I mean, but, uh, Bob, yeah, Bob Gibson is still I, my number one player I'd draft of all time. So mm-hmm. he's clearly the best pitcher of the Cardinals. So I think he's the number one guy I'd draft. Oh. Yeah, and it's absolutely. Uh, it's it's uh, sad, sad uh, for Cardinals fans. And do we go into, um, I guess, what might be considered for some the biggest death of the, of the week? Yeah, probably the least surprising cause of death of any I think I can ever imagine. But yeah, Eddie Van Halen, mm-hmm. as I said, possibly the number number one pick for a guitarist. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but him dying of cancer when uh, he basically always had a lit cigarette in his statue's guitar. He's yeah. in his mouth or on his guitar. So um, it's not not uh, not surprising. So far too soon and very, very sad. Yeah, it's... He actually didn't blame the cigarettes for the cancer. He said it was the guitar picks, which, okay. Really? Yeah, he said because he always had, like, brass or steel guitar picks in his mouth. And where they had to, uh, like, in that first surgery where they had to take out part of his tongue, he said that was always around where he had the the pick. Hmm. So, could be. Interesting. It, It could be. I mean, obviously... I mean, you never know. I mean, my grandfather was like a five pack a day smoker, and then and he and he got cancer. It wasn't wasn't in his lungs, or his throat, or anywhere else. It was his kidneys. So you know, go figure. Interesting. You know, just uh, no, it's like that guy, that, like that construction worker in Boston who died from eating two black licorice. Huh? No, you didn't. I don't know if you heard about that. No. He died of. Uh, he ate a bag and a half of black licorice licorice basically every day for like 30 years and it eventually killed him. So. I work, I work in the life insurance but anytime there's a weird death like that it makes the rounds. So. Hmm. I never saw that on a, a thousand weird ways to die on Spike when they had that. Yeah, it just happened last, or last week so. Oh. Spike, it, it outlasted, he outlasted Spike. Ah, I see, I see. <laughs> so, yeah, this one, this one, uh, got to me quite a bit. I mean, I knew that he was sick, but I hadn't heard anything for so long. You just sort of forget about it. Uh, Van Halen yeah. for me was, man, I, though, I don't know how many times I scribbled that logo into my, into a binder or just doodling while a teacher was like yammering on something that I wasn't paying attention to. That's why I could speak so well now. Yeah. Um, I mean, He's that he and his brother are poor, and you know, one of the things that made him great, and he talked about this, was the fact they couldn't necessarily afford any of the f- great things that other guitar players had, like wah wah uh, pedals and all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So if he wanted to make those noises, he had to figure out how to do it himself on the guitar. Um, and what's amazing is he actually grew up playing guitar. He was a concert pianist first. Yeah, I just learned that. I, I had no idea until uh, actually until today. I, I didn't either, except uh, then I went and saw, what video was it? Um, was it Jump? It's Jump, and it's, I didn't realize that uh, Eddie Van Halen's playing the guitar, of course. But then he's also in his garish yellow jacket with the black, black <laughs> piano as well. For some reason, it never occurred to me that was the same person. Yeah, I, just, um, I always just assumed yeah. he was pretending. I don't know why yeah. I thought that because he was just such a great guitar player that while well, he can't be this good at this uh, at this at this too, which was just a stupid thing to think, you know, looking back, but just something right. I never thought of. Yeah, but I mean, when he when he passed too, it was is that the first time you've ever heard of the Rock Hall putting their flag at half mast? I didn't even know they did that. Yeah, they put the flag at half mast in honor of Eddie Van Halen. I never heard of that before. It doesn't mean that it happened, but it was just—it uh-huh. was amazing if that was the first time they had done it. Maybe it's just the first time they ever thought about doing it because there's certainly a lot of people they could have done that for. Right? Yeah, I mean Chuck Berry just a couple of years ago was the first person yeah. that immediately springs to mind. Yeah, 
Little, no. little Richard. Yeah, I, I, I think more recently than that. I, I think it's just something that they just somebody just said, "Hey, this is something we should do," and I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Which now sort of brings up this now. I guess they they put themselves now this weird position. All right, so is this person now worthy of half mast? Yeah. Yeah. Like if, that's, a, that's a very good question. Like, if, if it's Alice Cooper himself who passes away, then probably yes. But if it's any of the other members, well, we know. Like, well, yeah, I was going to say, if it's Alex Van Halen, they're not doing it. No, and, and that's no disrespect not. to Alex, a very good drummer. Mm-hmm. What are your favorite? What's your favorite song by Van Halen? Mm. I always like to run in with the devil. Mm. Um, that's the first one that comes to mind. Of course, who doesn't love jump? Um, how about you? Uh, for me, it's Unchained. Oh, Unchained's a great too. Yeah, there's that, too many of them. That's part of the problem. Yeah, there's just so many. Like I, I kind of lost touch. I don't want to say lost touch. That's not quite true. Uh, and we're going to be actually covering Jump on the next uh, number one song. We weren't planning to, but we're going to do that in Eddie's honor. That's actually the yeah, which, that makes sense. Yeah, it turned out to be their only number one hit. I didn't real like realize just how big that album was. Uh, in reference to 1984, uh, I think maybe because I had an older brother and like before 1984 came out, I was hearing Van Halen since I was like like a little kid. Van Halen came out like in 78 and I, I know my brother had the albums right away. So <laughs> I, I grew up listening to that. So I, when 1984 came out, I didn't realize that, that was necessarily their mainstream breakthrough because to me they always were. If that right. makes any sense. I mean, a, a eruption from from that Van Halen album mm-hmm. is just ridiculous for for Eddie's guitar playing. I was this another one that's popped in my head. Sorry, go back to your yeah no and and I think also too just being in, in the suburbs like just you know it was predominantly like a hard rock heavy metal crowd like in school mm-hmm. like that's. Van Halen you'd hear in the, in the not the classroom but like like on the outside outside Motley Crue those two bands I heard so much of that like that's my pre-teens and uh, early teen years right there it's just like almost everything Van Halen when David Lee Roth left the band I thought for sure Van Halen was done that's the 14 15 year old me sort of like looking back Look, and then I, I should have known right away, as soon as I saw uh, California Girls, like, oh, mm-hmm. it's Eddie who sort of reigns in this crazy kook. <laughs> yeah. Da- yeah, David Lee Roth on his own was not, uh, how do I put this? He's basically Sting without the police. Mm-hmm. Think Sting's better than David Lee Roth. Okay, I'm, I'm I, 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 it. I really dislike Sting's deeply. solo career. Maybe I'm being harsh. Although when I look at David Lee Roth now, is it just me or does he look like Chris Kattan? Hmm. I have to take a look at that. I haven't actually. Well, just take a look. Just like Google him now, what he looks like, and then just. Remember Night at the Roxbury. Just picture David Lee just tilting his head. Alright, does a little bit. Okay, so then it's not just me. 
I, well, I, I always thought that David Roth looked like my mom's best friend, Merle Gordon, who's a Jewish lady who is in, in Saugus, Massachusetts. And so I always thought he looked very much like my mom's best friend. <laughs> what, what, so. is, what is it with a lot of these 80s uh, hair metal guys? They're not hair metals, but 80 uh, rock, rock gods, like, St- like Steven Tyler. Does, well, dude looks like a lady. Yeah, there's a there's a picture here of Van Halen with David Lee Roth over his shoulder, and David Roth looks more like Don Amici than anything. In the <laughs> and I'm, I'm I'm talking like folks era Don Amici, which is a deep cut. The uh, 1980 in 1993 Don Amici Tom Selleck classic. Oh, folks! Yes, I remember that. That was horrible. Yeah, where he. Uh, where he just kept saying, Donald Douglas, McDonald Douglas makes a good play. Oh. I got to mention, every time Tom yeah. Selleck did a movie, he kept thinking, like, I, this, come on, like, this is going to be the Indiana Jones. It has to be. You ever see that? Yeah. You ever see Mr. that clip? Bates. Oh, yeah, I actually want to date to see Mr. Baseball. It's, I forget her name. That doesn't matter. You ever see, actually, the test of uh, Tom Selleck doing Indiana Jones? No. Yeah, no, it's on YouTube. It's actually not bad. You I easily visualize it. It would have been totally different, but he could have done it in full magnum mustache. It was awesome. Hmm. So when Van, so when Van Halen sort of like, uh, or so when Roth sort of departed the band, I couldn't get into them as much. And it's, it's no disrespect to Sammy Hagar. I just may, maybe the band band's direction just wasn't. I don't know. I think there, there, there was a lot of people like me yet at the same time. That was actually their most commercially successful period. I didn't realize this until uh, today. Van Halen never had a number one album until Sammy Hagar. And then they had four in a row. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, no, like very. I, you, who would think that? But that's exactly what happened. So commercially, they had way more success with Sammy Hagar. And... And when you look at all the guys who were in Van Halen, who's the guy you'd want to party with or like hang out with? Eddie. Really? Because for me, knowing what I know now and just like after interview upon interview that I've been watching, it's Sammy. Eddie from 1979 through 83 could probably claim to be the coolest person on the planet. Well, you know, why else? Uh, why? Okay. And this is sort of where my slight age age difference over you sort of will, will come in. Valerie Bertinelli. There is no one my yeah. age who did not absolutely love Valerie Bertinelli. My, my wife is named after her. Oh, really? I'm 90. We're not 100% sure, but we're like 95% sure. My uh, father-in-law will neither confirm nor deny. Hmm. Uh, but my... My in-laws had, had several failed pregnancies along the way, so they didn't bother to name the child until my wife was actually because she's the oldest of three. And, uh, well, my dad, or my father-in-law was waiting. Uh, he was apparently flipping through magazines and saw Valerie Bertinelli in there and decided they would go with Valerie for the first name. I have no proof of this, but that is the most likely thing that happened because uh, it had never been a name they discussed. So... 
Well, there are worse people you can be named after than Valerie Bertinelli. She was hot. She was sexy. <laughs> she was cute. She's talented. And she's so likable. Mm-hmm. Still is. Still is. Still is all of those things. I mean, her Twitter handle is Wolfie's Mom. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Eddie, Eddie yeah, was sort and, of... And when, oh, yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, and when he got... When they got divorced and he got remarried shortly thereafter, she and Wolf were both there at the wedding. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Which uh, was, just, was an interesting thing to me when someone gets divorced and still is an adult enough to have a relationship with the, the person who, you know, is there still. I mean, if it's, if it's an abusive relationship, get the hell out of there. But well, they were married. They drifted apart and it's not working, working anymore. That, that's, yeah. uh, it's a very adult thing to do. You well, know? They were married 25 years. Like, that's crazy in mm-hmm. Hollywood terms. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the span of, yeah. well, that's the lifespan of Don Amici. <laughs> Trivia question. Sure. Let's see if you know the answer to this. Okay. Each, I believe, first film was a movie called In Old Chicago. Okay. Okay. In, which was nominated in 1933. Was nominated for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. What is the most remarkable thing about In Old Chicago? It's the first movie to spend a million dollars on what? Uh, I never even heard of this movie. Um, on, I don't know, cinematography? Special effects. That makes they way more built sense. A, they built a version of Chicago, because mm-hmm. it's all about the Chicago fire. Okay. They built a replica of Chicago, lit it on fire, and just let it burn, and everybody had to act out their stuff while it was burning. So they spent a million dollars recreating the city of Chicago so they could burn it while everything was acting and everybody had to basically get it in one take or whatever else or couldn't really shoot it. <laughs> I don't know if that's pressure or no pressure. It's an absolute crazy idea. The movie's actually pretty good. I told you my wife and I had that project we're way behind on to watch every movie ever nominated for Best, best Picture and I was one of the first ones to well, but that yeah. movie, if you just want something just to see it, mm-hmm. 1933 in Chicago with uh, very, very young Don Amici um, is uh, one I highly recommend. Just as uh, you don't have to think too hard about it, and it's not that long. You know, it's like an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, but, yeah. And you said Am- Amici won? You, you said Amici won the Oscar for that? No, no, the movie was nominated oh. for Best Picture. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Because I, no, that means he did not win it. He did for Cocoon, which was silly. <laughs> I mean, not that he wasn't, not that he was bad in it, he was perfectly fine, but I mean, it's not an, well, we, we could just do a show on just weird Best Supporting Actor winners that have no business winning. Mm. Marissa, Marissa Tomei, I'm looking in your direction. I take that back. That was a fantastic performance. <laughs> is it? Is it an Oscar-worthy I, 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 winning I'm, performance? I'm being 100 ser- percent serious on this. Okay. All right. Forget about what we were going to talk about. Please explain yourself on this one. 
Let me let me let me first get up who was also nominated that year. That was what, 1993. Yeah, it was like four British women. Yeah. All right. So, because there's that conspiracy theory that she wasn't supposed to win and it was misread. Well, I've heard um, that. I mean, I, I don't believe that. I believe that she she legitimately won it. Yeah, I, I just don't know why. The, uh... Okay, so uh, I can't speak to how Judy Davis was in Husbands and Wives, or Joan Plowright was in Enchanted April, or mm. Miranda Richardson was in Damage. Uh, Vanessa Gret was very good in Howard's End, but Howard's End is one of the most boring movies of all time. So. That's fine with me. Uh, Marissa Tomei is a revelation of that. Name another character mm-hmm. like Marissa Tomei character for a street smart woman who can hold up to herself in court against people who are trying to prove that she's an idiot. Superman's future boss, Lane Smith, had no shot against her. Even Herman Munster, the judge, not that I've seen my cousin Vic a whole bunch, um, uh, couldn't believe how good she was, and that most of that whole thing was improvised. Okay, but let's. It was it was Tommy DeVito that got them off. Okay, he's not a best supporting actress. <sighs> who who was she up against? You just said four four old British women. Like it's it's it's, just, it's a week. It uh, again. I I can't speak to the only one of those movies I've definitely seen, and I remember anything about. It. I may have seen Husbands and Wives at one point, but the only one I definitely remember out of those is Howard's End. Uh, it's 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 not like there's some blow absolutely blow you away performance in there, right? All right. Okay. I mean, this, this now, you isn't, know, when you, when this you, isn't when you've got it that way. I, I, I get the point. I mean, like, what am I going to replace her with? Because you're talking, you're right. Because you're, you're yeah. talking about four four roles that I don't remember and I never saw them, but then I never have to see them. Right. Yeah. So I mean, if you wanna you wanna argue something, I mean, Unforgiven is great, uh, but I. I would make the argument that Jack Nicholson and A Few Good Men is more memorable than Gene Hackman in Unforgiven. I'd agree. I'd agree with that. Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean that's yeah, God, that was a, that was a weird year for women because Emma Thompson won Howard's End for Best Actress, and Al Pacino won for Scent of a Woman, and never playing that character ever again. Hoo-ah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was the, the best actor, Pacino, Clint Eastwood, and Unforgiven, and uh, Denzel as Malcolm X. That was a tough year. Hmm. Actually, looking at the golden raspberries might be sort of fun, too. I think, I think they're hard <laughs> on a lot of pictures that they really shouldn't be. Mm. But, you know... As I'm sort of thinking about this, I can now see clearly now. Oh, there we go. Yeah. And that there's another person who passed away that I have to admit, I was way off on his backstory, like completely off. 
Uh, another number one artist passed away in Johnny Nash with one of the most positive, cheery, and not in your face about it songs. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Uh, Johnny Nash passed away at age 80. Didn't say how, I guess. Like, I guess every time now when somebody passes away, you, I don't know about you, I look to see if it's COVID. Yeah, it said a period of failing health. So mm. who knows exactly what that means. Yeah. So for whatever reason, I just assumed he was part of, uh, you know, the the island movement uh, coming in the 60s and 70s. Uh, the only part I got right is that he he recorded in Kingston. He was reggae influenced mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of his music. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, this guy was putting out music in, since he was 17 years old. Like, I didn't realize this until yeah. I was looking through this. Like, oh, my God, he had his top fi- first top 50 hit at age 17 in 1957. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, he had another one in 58 with a, a cover of Doris Day's Very Special Love. Um, but yeah, he, uh, yeah, he's from Houston. So not very, not no. very island-like at all. I, I had um, no idea. He was marked, yeah, and the funny thing was, this, I'll let you go into your story. Yeah. But he was marketed originally as a rival to Johnny Mathis. Mm-hmm. And... Go ahead. Oh, you know, okay. So this, uh, for the Canadians listening, I think they'll be sort of like, they'll know this. So all the Canadians my age or a little younger, a little older, I remember just sort of like get drunk and talk to people about this in university among doing other interesting substances. Johnny uh, Nash sang the, car- sang the the theme for a cartoon called The Mighty Hercules, which as you would guess, it's about Hercules. I thought for all the time, all the time, it was sung by Johnny Mathis. No, it's Johnny Nash. Jesus. And you never saw this cartoon, right? No. Okay. So I mean, it's, it's like done in the '60s, so it's like really, really bad. But all these reruns that I would see in the '70s and '80s and shit like that, because it just filled up a nice little ten-minute block. It was cheap, I guess, to buy. You know, for I think because it was also produced in Canada, so that also filled that Canadian content rule that all the Canadian channels had to have something that was of Canadian content. So they would just run blocks of mighty Hercules. So Hercules, this dumbass, he had the only, he was only powerful on earth when he had his ring. So he'd go down from Mount Olympus, he'd look around at everything and then there'd be something happened like, Oh, I better put on my ring. Half the damn episodes was because he didn't put his ring on. (laughs) Like Popeye, like oh wait, if I eat spinach, this will be fine. Exactly. Like, why didn't you just eat spinach at the, at the start of the episode? Then none of this would happen. Like, you just came down. You didn't have to take off your ring when you're just jumping down from the mountain. Like, have your ring. There's no reason to take it off. Like, what were you in the shower? <laughs> and he's, and he'd have two two uh, centaur friends, Newton and Toot. <laughs> yeah. So Newton, two, two of the two of the ones who shot arrows at Harry in the the Forbidden Forest, I think, or something. So Newton would talk like, "Over here, hurt! Over here! Oh, oh my God, it's deadless! It's deadless!" Because there would always be the same three <laughs> villains, and two two would just that's like a really good. Mi- sorry, that's just, yeah, that was a really good Mickey Mouse that you weren't trying to do. But that that's what look it up. But. That's what it was. I mean, whoever did the voice of Newton was probably trying to do that. I, 
I didn't even realize it was Mickey inspired, but yeah, it was. And then, then there was like two, two would just sort of like play the, like plays two flutes. And it was always the same chord. What's that dude? What's that? It's deadless. Well, he's over there. Jesus. Like, why are you hanging around with these two centaurs? Don't you have anything else to do? No? Okay. So there's, you fight three villains at the same time. Or not at the same time. So it'd be Deadless, Willamine, and The Mask. Mask was just as dumb because he only had power when he put his mask on. So obviously the whole time when he'd fight The Mask, he'd have to get the damn mask off. But at the end of every episode, he'd, he'd win, and then he would take whichever one of these three villains up to Mount Olympus. Olympia, and you take him away, and then the next episode, there they were again. Like, what was it, Johnny Cochran, <laughs> like getting them off? Like, well, like the Portland DA, They're just like, oh, no, it's, it's, it's okay. What the hell's going on? That's my rant on a cartoon that no one's ever seen. Maybe, maybe it's just like The Simpsons; it just resets every time. Oh, it's Groundhog Day. That, that could be. Every day. But they'd always, like, play four in a row. So, I mean, I just saw him sort of get taken off to, like, Mount Olympus for jail, I assume, and there he is out again. Out on parole? I mean, Derek Chauvin just got out. I guess they just posted a million dollars for him, too. I don't know. (laughs) That always bothered me. (sighs) And that was our tribute to Johnny Nash. There you go. Uh, who's not in the Rock and Roll Hall hmm? before we move on just to that other thing I just want to point out one other person from uh, from um, reggae who passed away this week uh, before we move on and that's Bunny Lee Hmm. uh, who was uh, a knight of the British Empire or the OG whatever you call it I'm not sure that officially stands for you the Canadian you would know um but he, uh, he's the guy who did Lee Scratch Perry and Johnny Clark and all those guys. He was their producer, kind of like the third producer of reggae music, uh, who also passed away at the age of 79 earlier this week. So but he, he died from, he didn't have kidney problems for years. Mm. Um, but he passed away earlier this week. So I just want to put that in before we went on to the next one, since we're already talking reggae. Yeah. Uh, you had such a good segue going, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> none of my segues are good. They're all horrible. So, yeah, so we've now lost Bunny Whaler and Bunny Lee this year. Man, all we need to lose is Bugs it's Bunny. Top year music. Yes, oh, it's, a, it's a pretty. It, it's a especially if you want to sort of like talk about a tough year for music. So we're gonna have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and they've announced appearances, but I guess they're all virtual. Mm-hmm. So, I <laughs> at least at least none of them are Hall of. At least we got that going for us, as far as we know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, have you been watching, like, any of the virtual ceremonies? Like, I didn't watch the Emmys. Like, did you? No. Okay. I, I, I don't watch shows unless my wife makes Okay, yeah. And so. I'm going to go slightly political here, because uh, I, like, I listen to a lot of politics, left-wing, centrist, right-wing. And the right-wing people were gloating, like, see, nobody wants to hear about all the Black Lives Matter stuff. That's why the ratings are so down. It's like, you idiots. It has nothing to do with Anthony Anderson berating Jimmy Kimmel. 
that was a little cringy, yes, but that's not why people turned out, because they didn't know he was going to do that. There's so many goddamn TV shows that there's a lot that I don't know anymore, especially if it's on Amazon Prime. I don't have it. I'm sure they're really good, but I've never seen them. And there's a lot of people like that. (laughs) Ratings aren't the same. And you just sort of like hit it right on the head when you talked about your, your wife. My wife, we watch the Oscars. I don't generally watch the Oscars, but she watches for all the pre-show and what they're wearing. Well, there was none of that. That's why the ratings were so down. Stupid right-wing pundits. Don't take a victory lap over that. (laughs) That's just another little political thing. Because they they sometimes have great points. That wasn't one of them. But yes, uh, so I guess we should sort of look at the appearances by and then try to figure out how they're going to fit in. Yeah. Yeah, so who are Luke Bryan and Brad Paisley putting in here? The Doobie Brothers? I would guess so. I can't... I can't... I I, 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 I'd love to see Luke Bryan sort of cover uh, Personal Jesus, because Johnny Cash did. Hmm. That would be interesting. Like, it's just a weird, somewhat weird collection of people. Here. And the fact that there's, there's like, how many of them? 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16 mm-hmm. people listed here. And then it says, and more. So, like, how many people do they have for the, the six people being inducted? Well, these, um, these are the only people who've, got, who've returned the email and said they'll do it. <laughs> Possibly. Well, I mean, I, I, like, like we said, we can't believe they got Ringo Starr. <laughs> yeah, Ringo Starr. Oh, my, yeah. I, the, the, I think the biggest thing here, the biggest thing here is it's the shocking lack of Elvis Costello. I, I want to go back to Ringo. I think he's, I think like when he looks at e- his emails, he might be the, one of those guys who actually re- says yes to the Nigerian prince. <laughs> Sorry. In my office, we actually had one of my, one of my agents, a lead came into the office, we gave the agent. And the guy's like, yeah, I'm going to inherit $1.4 million pretty soon. He's like, all right. Like, I don't know what to do with it. Went down, he sat with the guy on Zoom. He's talking about it. He's like, well, where are you getting the $1.4 million? He's like, oh, my uncle's apparently a prince in Nigeria, and he's going to pass away. <laughs> 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 the kid thought he was getting his own Nigerian prince scam, and his first response was to come find the financial advisor. <laughs> <laughs> he's both an idiot and a genius at the same time. Oh. Wow. That happened this week. That happened on, uh, on Monday. That is awesome. Yeah. That might be the best story ever. You're going to get so much mileage out of that. <laughs> oh, well, it's not even my story. It's, it's one of my agent's stories, but yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty good. But yeah, so, Ring, so Ringo. Anyway, who, do you want to go? Well, yeah, because we'll I guess right. we'll just go through them alphabetically. So Luke Bryan, I mean, like, I think we're both not really sure what he's going to be doing. But the doobies make the most sense. Right. Uh, well, Sean Diddy Combs, that's super easy. Uh, obviously, he's there for Biggie. Uh, uh, T- no, it's T-Rex. We're there for T-Rex. <laughs> well, but Miley Cyrus, whenever she goes out of her normal zone, mm-hmm. I'm usually very intrigued. Yeah, could this be a Whitney Houston? Well, Jennifer Hudson's yeah. probably the Whitney Houston. I, I would think so. Uh, Miley... Based on the like this list here, there's not exactly anything that sort of fits Depeche Mode. 
Actually, I'd love to see Miley Cyrus do personal Jesus. I, I'm not even being facetious. I mean that. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it. I was looking for Depeche Mode, and well, let's keep going through everybody else. We'll see where we can put people. All right, uh, Dave Grohl. Uh, I saw. I see that. I see that with Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, he's he's just he's just getting ready for being in there next year, presumably have a class. Although, although. When you're looking at who, who all, the, all these other people for T-Rex, I mean, Grohl is such a, a music historian. He could go anywhere and make it believable. That is true. I just figured Henley was T-Rex. Could be. Although, the Eagles and the Doobies have a bit of crossover, don't you think? Well, that is, that is true. Yeah. I think Jennifer... Well, people could mm-hmm. be going multiple places, too. That's also, yeah, that's very true. Uh, Jennifer Hudson. I mean, if that's not Whitney Houston, I don't know who is. Uh, Alicia mm-hmm. Keys could be both Whitney and Biggie. Mm-hmm. Because uh, none of these are really piano heavy bands, so I, I presume it's one of those two. Mm-hmm. Adam Levine just wore your shirt. I, I, what would he? I don't see him fitting with any of these either. No. Or well, Chris Martin, really. No, yeah, Chris Martin, like, uh, God. Maybe they could both sort of go there and that's sort of like the bathroom break. <laughs> it, there's actually a celebrity death match in real life. We just didn't know about it with him and Levine. You're awful. No, you're more awful. Your music's terrible. No, <laughs> yours is more terrible. And then Nickelback shows up. Sorry. Here's my beer. <laughs> And then train shows up, and they're like, "No, we're not worthy." <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Nickelback may be bad, but train is worse. I, and I heard drops of Jupiter today too. <laughs> uh, that's one of the least offensive of their songs. True. You're still gonna go with. Um, uh, I'm just a shy guy looking for a two ply. Hefty bag, hold my love. Let me repeat that lyric. <laughs> yeah, please. I'm just a shy guy looking for a two-ply hefty bag to hold my love. This is a top 40 hit by Train, one of the lyrics. What the hell is going on with that lyric? I got an idea. Uh, so many of those lyrics are just so dumb. Like, even the, the least offensive one they had is that uh, 50 Ways to Say Goodbye, where they were, like, pretending to, uh, that instead of breaking up, that his girlfriend died, and he tells people stories. But, like, she fell in a cement mixer full of quicksand. Like, if you're in a cement mixer, it doesn't matter if it's sand or quicksand. You're only sinking as far as the cement mixer goes. Well, why let logic get in the way of a good story? <sighs> And that's like, that is by far their least offensive song in like for the last 15 years. So, but every time I hear it, I'm like, oh my God. So. So we don't know what those two, Levine and Martin, will do. Uh, same with this one, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Eh? Uh, He's going to be there for Notorious B.I.G. Because <laughs> Miranda is an incredible freestyle rapper. Oh, that's right. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Hamilton, Hamilton itself is just an incredible 
you know, never seen it. Musical. But he's also been on Jimmy Fallon multiple times having uh, rap contests or rap competitions against uh, uh, Black Thought from the Roots. Is he a New York guy too? So, via Puerto Rico, yeah. Okay. So yeah, he grew up in uh, he grew up in, in Heights. The Heights musical he wrote is about growing up in the Heights. Okay. Uh, Springsteen. Hmm. I just I just hope it's Whitney Houston. I just called. No, that's Stevie Wonder. What the hell am I doing? I just want to dance with somebody. Thank you. You, you saved me on that one. I don't know what the hell I'm thinking of Stevie Wonder for. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I, I, knew, I knew where you were going. I'm glad you did. I, Clearly I, I didn't. I, 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 hey, remember that time that I could entirely confused uh, the grassroots at the Hollies? Believe me, dude, I went like two minutes where you're like, wait, you have the wrong band. <laughs> so I understand, you know, with, with our lack of, uh, I was trying to make a point of how the grassroots are like the last 60s band to be elected. I used my entire argument by using Holly songs instead in my head. Um, so believe me, these things happen. Don't worry about it. St. Vincent, that, sh- she could do any of these. I mean, it's not going to be Whitney yeah. because of who they have. Yeah, there aren't enough Nine Inch Nails people here. I could see her doing I'd li- I'd love to just see that. I mean, of course, just because they're there doesn't necessarily mean they're going to sort of like do something specific to any one of these artists. I mean, you'd think they would based on previous ceremonies, but we don't know what they're going to do. Right. Uh, yeah, Ray- and then we get to Ringo Starr. Well, even then, what the do- hell is he going to do? I'm presuming he's T-Rex. Get it done. Bing a gong. I hung it on me water. <laughs> uh, Gwen Stefani. Uh, hmm. She might be T-Rex too. She could. Who knows? She could. And Charlize Theron, I can't even begin to tell you. Uh, It'd be awesome if she did Nine Inch Nails. Bow down for the one you I well, can't do it. Some of them, totally some of them have got to have uh, the the Amit Aragon Award winner. So, all right, thanks, that Charlie, for being part of it. And you're going to do Irving Azoff. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's Ringo. Ringo gets to do the uh, the awards. Wouldn't that be perfect? Considering that it was, it's a crowbar. He got in through a crowbar, and no, no one really cared that he got in. It was that favorite upon? No, nobody cares. Like him being in the hall twice doesn't really help or hurt anybody's feelings. So, other than other than my feelings that if they can get Ringo in twice, they can find a way to get Tina Turner in twice. Or Diana Ross. You're more passionate about uh, Tina Turner than Diana Ross, right? Yes, I'm much more passionate about Tina Turner than Diana Ross. Because Diana Ross' sole career is roughly equal or slightly less than her career with the Supremes. Mm-hmm. Tina Turner's solo career is greater than her career with Ike, and Ike beat the shit out of her. So let her in on her own. 
And I'll say it again. I've said it before. I'll say it again. My favorite album of cover songs, Tina Turner, Acid Queen, 1975. Check it out. Easy to find on YouTube, iTunes, everything. If that's not the first woman of rock or first lady of rock, whatever you want to call it, whatever moniker, debate yeah. debate me after listening yeah. to that album. Yeah, they, they I, I mean, she'll, she does not leave Switzerland so at this point, so if they did a rock nominate, a rock induction for her, who knows if she'd show up at this point, particularly in that COVID environment, I don't think she's going to leave, um, but they need to figure it figure something out okay so then um, moving forward here because uh, these, these are our topics so the next couple of weeks we're going to be pretty busy in october uh we've got a preliminary group to help out with our mock football hall of fame mm-hmm. we've got uh we're almost sort of set for the creation of our united states athletic hall of fame but do we go ahead and get our mock group for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and nominate some people? Because you and I we've talked about this a lot. We don't even know if they're going to even put out a list. Right. Yeah, like I said, there are two first Hall of Fames coming out. I've, I've do, been doing my countdown here on, uh, on Twitter, and we're up to number twenty. Five will be the next one I put out, mm-hmm. uh, and it—I um, mean, it's filter, right? So this this list, I think, out of this year, there's going to be five eventual Hall of Famers, maybe uh, four definite, maybe five, maybe as many as six. Uh, but there are two first ballots, and the first time there've been two clear first ballots in a while. It's it's Jay Z, and it's the Foo Fighters. Nobody can argue against either of those. I mean, unless there are people who argue that rap is bottom the Hall of Fame. That boat has sailed 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. So just stop it. Yep, agreed. And it's so long as rap is the Hall of Fame, Jay-Z is in the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, there's no question that Jay-Z and the Foo Fighters should both be there. And it'd be weird for them not to have a class uh, when they have that opportunity. So... I'm trying to think. When did they nominate the semifinalists last year? Uh, I think it was October 15th. Eesh. All right, so we might not have gotten in, in for this one. So we might have too much on our plate. Yeah, but I, I don't – there's been no signs that they're going to nominate anybody. Like, none of the people who follow this even closer than we do. We follow it fairly closely. Mm-hmm. People who follow it more closely than we do, and none of them have heard anything about this. Okay. All right, um, so I guess we so, should reach out to the people we that we know and then just see if we can put something together in the next week or so. I'm looking at next year's, the people who are eligible for the first time in 2022. Yeah. Uh, so just the highlights on them. Uh, Backstreet Boys, Fat Boy Slim, Yona Apple, oh, Eminem. Yeah. Eminem the first time. Um... Limp Biscuit. That's interesting. Matchbox 20. That's not interesting. Um, Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Trim Radio Gods. Hmm. Standing outside a broken phone booth with money in my hand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Shakira. Very interesting. Uh, the Spice, Girl, Spice Girls. Uh, one of my favorite bands, who I don't think we'll ever get in, but I love Boone so very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're never getting in. Yeah, fuel. I mean, some 
the, the hives. Love I mean, the hives. Some, I mean, it's just Eminem is the only obvious first ballot there, right? I'd say so. Like, God, Shakira's in the conversation. The how amazing is it, or how old do I feel right now? Think, thinking that, oh my God, Fiona Apple's been around for twenty five years. I know. I think what I might start doing on the, the Facebook site, or maybe just over Twitter. Here's how you feel old. Twenty years ago, this was a hit. Because I don't yeah. feel that music almost has well, changed all that much in the last twenty years. Yeah. But some of these other ones that are here, like Fountains of Wayne, are eligible next year for the first time. <laughs> that's Stacey's like, oh that that, mom that was, band. That was a fun, a fun hit. But yeah, yeah that was a long circuit time. Also eligible, Fastball. Uh, in the band out of San Antonio with their two hits and out. <laughs> was that out of my head? Was that out of my mind? How could I have ever been so blind? And then, of course, The Way. I, yeah, so, I, but I mean, th- those were the jams of the summer, 1996. Mm-hmm. Really, 1996 it was a really bad year for summer music. I just, I remember that off the top of my head. I'm like, these are the only songs that are even any fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, you haven't really heard of them since then. No. But that's yeah, twenty five years ago, and half of those right. bands won't even make the make the the rock list that I've got. Oh no, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, there there are a whole bunch more too on here. I I can't imagine. Well, Modest Mouse is here too. Um, They'll make it, but like a whole bunch of these bands, yeah. a whole bunch of these bands. Bell and Sebastian. Yeah. Try to out the line for your list is Stained, Robbie Williams, Real Big Fish, Trans Siberian Orchestra. No. Hey, if if uh, Darlene Love can get in for her Christmas stuff, Trans Siberian Orchestra has done a hell hell of a lot of work on Christmas. <laughs> that well. Then by that, then by that definition, Alvin and the Chipmunks should have been in years ago. Derek, we got him in the Hall of Fame. We just got him in our Hall of Fame. That's true. That's very true. But when when are the uh, finalists coming out for our Hall of Fame? Is that November? Uh, that's actually going to be in the next two weeks or so. I have to talk to the webmaster and set something up. Uh, it'll be before November, and then there'll be a big push. Uh, I'm thinking. Remember, I talked about sort of we do a show on just Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. If it's a dead week, but it's sometime before October, maybe just a standalone show. I think a show of the ten best Halloween songs. Halloween isn't done much here in Barbados, so mm-hmm. I kind of. All, with, I mean, there's no trick or treat. Not that there would be anyway. You know, with COVID. So have you uh, have you listened to that uh, Stephanie Maybe song I told you about? I have if not. I zombie. I have not. Just, just, do, just do yourself a favor. It's, it's a fun little, little song. Just go find it for yourself if you just need something uh, different to listen to. I always need so, something different yeah. to listen to. I'm always up for that. Yeah. It, 
and there's a good fan video of it, which is uh, which is basically a stick figure version of it, which is actually well done for a stick version music video, or stick figure music video, that I recommend you watch at the same time. But yeah, that's definitely maybe song if I were a zombie, is uh, one of the my favorite sort of pop uh, Halloween songs. There aren't that many of them, and that's that's a that's a pop Halloween song in the uh, in the um, indie rocker version of things. So. I'll have to listen to that, and that might be in my top ten if we uh, convene with that idea. It could be. It could be. Uh, I mean, there's some obvious ones I'm thinking. Ray Parker Jr. comes to mind. Uh, It'll be on yours. The Nightmare Before on Christmas mine. comes to mind. Um, uh, Pennywise's Little Children comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> Come, little children, I'll take thee away. That's a creepy song. That's super creepy. I'll have to think about this. Yeah, all right, I'll, I'll get those together. If we don't have, if nothing that we think is going to happen next week happens next week, let's have that. Run. Well, people still keep dying, so there's that. Oh, that's always going to happen. And who knows? Maybe the beige mistress is. Uh, had her fill of blood for now, so or something. It, it could it could very well be. I mean, like Hungarian food, it's a very rich diet. <laughs> like, I still say that their national drink is the worst national drink. What's their national drink? So, unicum. What the hell's that? The national alcohol. Um, it is a black liquid. That comes in a bottle that's shaped like a cartoon ball. <laughs> uh, and it, you know that um, that old line from Love Potion Number Nine? It smelled like turpentine and looked like India ink. That okay. was only about unique. It is it is one of the most foul substances I have ever consumed and lived to tell about. Um, the only other ones that come up there are Plinkabot which is a certain national drink, which is basically an unicum knockoff. Slightly sweeter, like sweet turpentine. Uh, so that's why it's second. And then, of course, the drink that supposedly Sweden's drink, but is actually probably more pop here in Chicago, Malort, which is, I'm not even quite sure what Malort is. It's clear, and I'm pretty sure two shots of it will it's gotta be it's gotta be something in oh. Europe. There's uh, my my dad had a Romanian lodge brother because uh, my my dad's a Freemason, and he brought him back okay. some uh, this plum stuff. I don't even know what you call it. Mm. I have to I have to ask him what it was yeah. called. Still, he probably still yeah, has it. It's it, 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 you know, yeah, it's probably the Unicum and Palinkabot. They're all right next to each other. Well, this so one was clear, like though. They're having a competition for who could come up with the, best, the worst liquid. So, what, what's the worst thing that we could ferment? <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll run with that. That's the thing, though. I was in Budapest, and they figured out, and they figured I was an American. And the first thing the Hungarians did was put me shots of vinegar. Like, a, did yeah. you have your cowboy hat on, and, and like wearing like? With the USA flag, is that how they knew? And my apple, I have my apple bottom jeans and the boots with the fur. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
Um, yeah. So anyway, so yeah. we we'll have that ready for next week, and hopefully, let's not have anyone big die. Yeah, absolutely. No, no more absolutely, and who knows? Maybe maybe the Rock Hall will sort of give us something. Uh, I doubt it, but maybe we should just, uh, I guess, sooner than later, see if we're going to put that together. Uh, definitely we'll be having some Zoom conversations soon. Uh, we'll be updating everyone accordingly on that. And I don't know, maybe right after we do the Zoom, you and I can just sort of like do a call of how it all went. Because I, I don't think I'll... Oh, oh, oh yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, because I don't think I'm going to post the Zoom, just in case. Okay, sure, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, just in case. Well, I don't know. Because there are some people who may not be comfortable with that, who we're having on this. Yeah, sure. And, and we could, we could uh, change names to protect the guilty. <laughs> exactly. All right. Yeah. Stay safe, Evan. I'll talk to you later, man. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Look for new content regularly from us at nonhalloffame.com. Stay safe, everyone.